You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm joined by my good friend Gil Martin. He's a writer for the Packers Post and Cheesehead TV, and I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Send us messages on Twitter, at J.J. Leahy, at Gil Packers. Email asknohuddle at gmail.com or by text to 231-714-4195. That's 231-714-4195. Hello and welcome to Apology Talk here on the Packers Talk Network. Uh, we're doing this every week, I guess. So first of all, thank you to everybody who uh, wrote in and told us about the audio issues last week. Um, we had a talk with Mrs. Martin, and uh, we said, listen, appreciate the delicious home-cooked meals you're making but no more from now on it's microwave meals only uh because it interferes at least on thursday night it interferes with the sound quality of gill's mic so no more and we put her in her place okay. gill put her in her place i oh. i respect women so i was oh. not any part of that ouch <laughs> okay no so here's Here's the other thing that I think we need to touch on. You know, I was really frustrated watching the Lions game and watching all the trick plays that they were running. The reason I was frustrated is because I felt like the Packers should have seen those plays coming because I felt like I saw them coming. And then I said, wait a minute. Why didn't we talk about all these trick plays on no huddle? That's the exact kind of thing that we should have spent some time talking about because this is the name of the game uh, for the Lions in a game like this. They desperately wanted to win, and they're pulling out all the stops, and the Packers are just playing not to get hurt, essentially. And I felt like maybe we did our, our listeners a bit of a disservice by not spending time talking about that portion of the game. So that's a big heartfelt apology from me and we got to be better Gil. we just do yeah we do we do i mean we were more or less looking past i think last sunday's game because it didn't mean anything to the packers as far as wins and losses go and uh you know now they're on the bye week we've got four possible opponents for that uh you know division playoff round at lambo and we'll see uh you know where this goes and what happens now but uh Looking forward to some playoff football. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're going to do the. We're going to do a ranking of the playoff teams. I think this is fun to do, fun to compare. Um, Gil, let's start with in the NFC because we, we did NFC and AFC both because why not? It's fun. Who do you have as the seventh? best NFC um, playoff team. And and I think we're coming at this, aren't we, from the standpoint of if you're the Packers, who who do you most want to play in the playoffs? Right. Um, 
as opposed to just straight up who's best. So who do you have at number seven? Uh, at number seven, I am going with the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I, I certainly understand putting there them there. I actually ended up putting them quite a bit higher because I just feel like some of what they do offensively and defensively is a bad match for the Pat for the Packers. Mm-hmm. The Eagles have a really good pass rush, um, particularly uh, their edge rushers do a good job. And that's something that has been a bit of an issue for the Packers. You know, I know that we really saw our offensive line handle some really good pass rushing teams this year. But I think you still saw in the games where they did struggle, it started up front. And that has been something we've seen, uh, you know, as part of the DNA of the Packers offensive line for a number of years. I actually uh, I had the Eagles all the way up at fourth. Um, the, you know, the, the, the other thing that made me respect them enough to put them up there is just how explosive their offense can be at times. And you just look at some of the scores and how routinely they were getting up around 50 points. And it's a very inconsistent team. And I think the Packers, if they're disciplined, should be able to handle them. But they're they are they just present just enough of that, like wild could explode at any minute that I, I just I want to stay away from them. So I, I respected them high enough, high enough to, uh, to put them up at four. And I actually had the Cardinals all the way down at seven, not just because we already beat them because we've beaten a few of the teams on, on this list already. Mm-hmm. But when you look at what the Cardinals do, first of all, they have been playing some of their worst football of the season over the last um, month and a half here. <clears throat> But also, I feel like the teams that the Packers tend to struggle with more are the um, just downhill, really physical run over you teams. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you get sort of the more technician type teams, I think the Packers have the athleticism, the speed to keep up with you and then they in turn are going to run over you. And if you got these little uh, linebackers that are basically safeties trying to tackle AJ Dillon (laughs) and trying to tackle our very large offensive line, um, they're going to be in trouble. And that kind of team that, that sort of out techniques, everybody else tends to get smashed in the mouth by the Packers. So I put the Cardinals all the way down at seventh. I had the Cardinals at six. The reason I had the Eagles at seven more than anything is a lack of playoff experience at key positions. And that includes quarterback. This would be, you know, this, this is the first playoff game for Jalen hurts. Uh, This is a, a young team, relatively speaking. And as you mentioned, an inconsistent team to me, the playoffs takes football to another level. You know, you hear players say, yeah, preseason, there's one speed, regular season, that takes it up a notch. Playoffs, you take it up another notch after that. And it does usually take time for players to adjust to that other level. To me, 
the Eagles, this is their year to, to be happy to be there. If they win a game, that's a big bonus. But I don't think they're ready to make a run just yet. So while I agree with you that the Cardinals do, uh, you know, have been playing poorly, especially let's say the last six or seven games, I put them just ahead of the Eagles. I had the Cardinals six and the Eagles at seven. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I so you have uh, Cardinals Eagles as your final two. My final two, I got the Cardinals at seven, Rams at six. And I'm not sure if that's going to shock you, but you know, it wasn't that long ago that we played the Rams and we really laid out some pretty good arguments ahead of time for why we thought the Rams were a poor matchup against the Packers and would really struggle with them. And I don't think much has changed for the Rams since then. Uh, the I think the best thing you could say for them is that they've managed to get OBJ more integrated into that offense, and it seems to be running a little bit more smoothly. But I just I still notice them struggling with a lot of the same things that they were back when they played us. And the, again, I just think that this defense knows and understands Matt Stafford because of all of his time with the Lions. That was something that we really included as part of our game preview against the Rams. And I'm just not seeing anything to change my mind about, you know, Stafford played really poorly against the Packers. And I think that a lot of it has to do with just how well the defense knows him. And I just don't think that you're, you're going to see anything different um, from Stafford uh, going around again against the Packers. Well, you know, I I put the Rams a little higher than that. Uh, I I see your point. I just I still have visions of the long pass to Van Jefferson, the long pass to OBJ, the way the Packers yeah. kind of let them back into the game after taking that nice lead. I'm not, and the, the the other thing that concerns me besides the explosiveness of the Rams is Aaron Donald and. Yeah, the Packers handled them well in the playoffs last year, and they did a pretty good job, even with a compromised offensive line, of handling him in, in the regular season this year. But You just think third time's the charm? Well, I just think that Aaron Donald is the kind of player who can have a big game at any time, and if the Packers have a weakness as far as you know, teams with good defensive lines that can get after the quarterback and, and can uh, – penetrate and 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 disrupt the running game that's a big part of it and I would like to avoid Aaron Donald if I could I have the Rams fourth fourth wow okay you know what you make a you make another good argument there I will say that that one thing the Packers have going for them that to me kind of balances out a bit of the factor that uh Aaron Donald can go off at any moment First of all, he always has a, a hard time reigning in his temper in Packers games. I'm, I'm not sure what it is about the Packers offensive linemen that just get under his skin. But man, he tends to lose control of himself, play sloppy, uh, commit penalties. But you know who, who else is on that defense who I think is incapable of having a good day against the Packers? Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. He's got a great reputation around the league and I don't think very much of him because every time I see him play against the against the Packers, he looks so mortal and honestly, 
it's actually at times it's a little pathetic watching him because he tries to stay away from Devante. He doesn't like getting embarrassed by Devante. Devante is peel. in his head. He is. Ramsey will peel off of him at times and go pretend he's covering somebody else. <laughs> it's happened multiple times now. It's hilarious to watch. So I think that the Jalen Ramsey factor maybe uh, helps balance that Aaron Donald factor a little bit. Well, I think that's a good point as well. Uh, I'll still stick with the Rams fourth, but uh, you made a good point. All right. So who do you have at number five? The Dallas Cowboys. That's an interesting one. Um, tell me why you have them so low, and then I'll tell you why I bumped them up. Okay. Uh, I think their secondary is vulnerable as heck, and that if Aaron Rodgers has time, he will pick that group apart. Uh, I, I also like the idea. I think it's a favorable matchup for the Packers to have Matt LaFleur against Mike McCarthy, having McCarthy mm-hmm. come back. I just, you know, there is, there, there would be something really cool about that matchup on a number of levels. But, uh, I, I just think overall that the, that defensively, uh, Rogers will have an, a, a good game against the Dallas secondary, which I think is very vulnerable. Okay, that makes a lot of sense to me. the the big The big thing that has made me wary of the Cowboys recently is that since Demarcus Lawrence came back, mm-hmm. their defense has kind of taken a new life, and I think that that was really a missing piece for a lot of the year. You mentioned that uh, you think Rodgers will just sit back and pick apart that secondary. He won't have time to do that if uh Lawrence is in his lap and over the last uh several games I mean going all the way back to the last time they let a team get to 30 points was the Raiders in overtime back in November to me the addition of DeMarcus Lawrence has changed the DNA of that defense a bit and I just think that a lot of what they do well is something that they can use against the Packers. You look at some of the strengths of other teams um, in the playoffs, and I just don't know that what they do well really uh, does much to the Packers. And I think you look at the uh, passing game that Dallas has going down there, that aerial assault by uh, Dak Prescott, I think that our our DBs are very good and I'm excited that we're getting Jair back, but it does seem like you have been able to take advantage of some of those deep shots down the field on the Packers all year, even when their defense was playing a lot better uh, than it has been recently. So I did have them all the way up at number two. Um, Wow. And of course, I had the Packers at number one, so that that shows you how how highly I think of the Cowboys as a matchup. Okay, all right. That that is, uh, I, I I think you make some good points there. The other thing that I would add to your point is I I worry about the Packers stopping the run, and and Ezekiel Elliott is as good as any back in the NFC right now. Uh, you know who I think is a far superior running back in the NFC, Tony Pollard. I think that Ezekiel Elliott is the second best running back on his team. And I actually think it's not close. 
to me, the biggest area where I'd be concerned about Zeke is actually in the screen game. He's a not half bad receiver, and that has been where a big chunk of his yardage this season has come from. Yeah, and Pollard's averaging five and a half yards per carry, which is very impressive. I've liked Pollard for a couple of years. You remember when um, Ezekiel Elliott held out, I think at the beginning of the 2019 season, and right. a lot of people thought he was going to miss week one. I said, let him. I said, let him ride uh-huh. Tony Pollard. I think he's the better back all the way back then. And uh, it's taken a long time for them to actually really work him into the offense. And I think they could have done so a lot earlier, except that they have Mike McCarthy running the show down there. And we know how he feels about using talented running backs. <laughs> my my fifth place team, you had the Cowboys. I actually put the Buccaneers here. And wow. uh, a, a big part of that is how many guys they're missing right now, especially when you look at their receivers, it's kind of just Gronk and Mike Evans right now. And I feel like when you're taking away what the Buccaneers do best, because their defense has not been the same this year as it was last year. When you take away what they do best, and make them more limited in that, I think they're going to struggle to get anything going uh, in the playoffs. And the the fact that I have them all the way as high on the list as fifth is because of my respect for Tom Brady and, and what he has accomplished in other years where you felt like you could count him out. Um, so as a team, I think that they might be the worst team in the NFC playoffs right now. But like I said, that respect for Brady, I can't have him any lower than I do uh, because that's when he gets you. Well, I have the Bucks a lot higher up than that. Uh, I respect Brady. We know the Packers have struggled against quality tight ends at many mm-hmm. on many occasions this year, so right. I would worry a lot about Gronk. And no, the defense uh, is not what it was last year, but they can still – put some good pressure on the opposing quarterback. And again, that's the area that the Packers tend to struggle against. So uh, I have the Bucks in the two hole right now. Let me ask you, what do you think about my theory that I've posed a bunch of times that if Bakhtiari had not torn his ACL last year, that we would have won the Super Bowl last year? What do you, what, when I say that, what do you, what do you think? Uh, I would say that that's probably correct. You know, we were so close to beating them last year when they were a much better team. And we just did not have offensive tackles. You had, you know, no no hate on Billy Turner, but he's certainly as a left tackle right. out of his comfortable position and uh, certainly not anywhere close to the level of uh, David Bakhtiari or... Or Elton Jenkins. For uh, Elton Jenkins. <laughs> yeah. And it, I'd be interested to see, uh, we should have done this, compared how Billy Turner played at left tackle last year compared to how Yash played at left tackle this year, given that he had a lot more time to grow into that role over the season. I'm not sure that we don't have three guys um, under contract with the Packers who are better at left tackle than Billy Turner. And Rick Wagner at right tackle was uh, an absolute liability in the playoffs against that uh, d- defensive line. 
and Rodgers just could not get anything going for so much of the game last year. Yeah, no. I mean, uh, had Bakhtiari stayed healthy, I do think the Packers would have probably beaten the Bucks. But, you know, it oh, the defense, what the defense did at the end of the half, it still it gets to me even now. Uh they still even with all the mistakes they made had chances to win that game three times over and they just never put it together. So, uh, uh, and, and, you know, the other thing is this, and you touched on it, Tom Brady, I, I can't count him out. I mean, he could be, he could be 64 instead of 44. And he always seems to find a way to get something done. He could be terrible for three quarters. His team is still in the game and he just finds a way to get it done at the right time. Yep. Well, by my math, it looks like we both have the same team at number three. Am I correct in saying you have San Francisco at number you, three? You are correct, sir. We did beat them already this year. Barely. Um, barely. And I think they're a much better team now than they were back then. Um, Debo is one of the premier wide receivers in the NFL right now. No question in my mind about that. Um, really their whole roster is playing, is playing great. Kittle is on fire. I think that their pass game and their run game, uh, both are fantastic. Um, Hey, shout out to, um, our draft coverage, uh, (laughs) a season ago when we were talking about, uh, various, um, uh, running backs and, and other players we were interested in. And uh, Elijah Mitchell was a guy who many, many thought wasn't going to go until the seventh round or undrafted. And uh, he was a guy we talked about on this show and said that we thought re- he really had the tools to be a stud. And he has been for the Niners all year. Um, f- far outplaying Trey Sermon, who they drafted in, I think the third round, uh, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly. Um, but uh, Elijah has just been a bell cow for them all season. Uh, I don't I, I don't know that the Niners match up well with some of the other teams um, this year in the playoffs before they get to the Packers. Um, but they're not a team that I really want to face off against. And it makes me happy that the Niners and Cowboys are playing each other in the wild round wild card round because one of them has to go home. That's right. One of them will not be there to face us. And uh, yeah, that, that certainly helps. And, and you know, the, the other advantage to the buy is that these other teams can, you know, physically take a toll on each other while your team gets healthy. So do you have the Packers at number one? I do. I have the Packers at number one, certainly with these, all these new pieces coming back. I had, a few questions about the team uh, after the lions loss, but that's not going to be the same team that's on the field. And I think even if it had been the same team, I would would still be tempted to put them at number one or number two. And uh, looking at our list, it looks like the biggest difference that we have here is you have the Buccaneers at number two. That's where I have the Cowboys and then uh, you have the Cowboys at number five, and that's where I have the Buccaneers. So, yeah, that's it'll be interesting. Right now. Now, the Buccaneers, they're playing the Eagles. Um, 
again, I, I, I think the, the best thing the Packers have going for them is that a lot of these teams that we are uh, maybe really concerned about are playing against each other in the playoffs. And mm-hmm. you know that uh, you can only face one of each of these teams. <clears throat> uh, let's look at the AFC real quick, just for fun. Who do you have uh, at the top and the bottom? I'm curious where, where that sliding scale is. Yeah, uh, I go Chiefs at the top. And uh, right now, the Steelers at the bottom. Well, we're going to get our answer to that question right over Wild Card Weekend, since those two are playing each other. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm seeing a lot of hate on the Steelers. A lot of people saying that they don't belong. I would just point out that uh, every time people have counted the Steelers out this season and said that there was no way they were going to win the matchup that uh, they had each week. That's when they would go on to just murder teams <laughs> and do so in surprising ways that, you know, their offense really kind of got hot toward the end of the season. I think Ben was playing a lot better. The offensive line finally started to figure itself out. One of the big changes they made the offensive line is they swapped in a different center. Yep. And that gave Ben a lot more protection. Najee Harris was good all year, but he started playing, I think, even better uh, once the offensive line was cooking. To me, the big question is which version of the defense is going to show up. And I think with TJ Watt seemingly fully healthy, you have a real shot for that uh, hot Steelers defense to show up and play well. And I think a lot of those guys do have chips on their shoulders. I would not be surprised to see them knock the Chiefs off. I have the Chiefs all the way down at six. I think they're not a very good team. And the the biggest problem I have with the Chiefs is that they have been carried all year by their defense and their offense really has been atrocious. If the Chiefs do manage to beat the Steelers, it's not going to be a massive accomplishment since everybody is writing the Steelers off. But I don't see them making it past the second round of the playoffs. I just don't think that it's a very disciplined team. And I don't think that it is a... Um, team on offense that plays uh, very physical football. I think they can get uh, manhandled pretty well, and they don't really have any kind of a run game to go along with their passing game. To me, if the defense isn't perfect, uh, this Chiefs team can get run over by anybody. I actually, in seventh place, I had the Raiders. Uh, I just think that I just think that the Raiders are okay at everything and great at pretty much nothing. Yeah. Um, That's the best way. I I think Derek Carr needs to get a little more credit for what he accomplished this year. I I don't think he gets enough respect, Uh, but not that I think he's an elite quarterback, but I think he's sort of in that Matthew Stafford. I'd I'd say he's a top 10, top 10 quarterback. Yeah. But uh, like I said, not like three or four, more like eight or nine no. in the top sure. ten. He's he's that Matthew Stafford kind of guy. He can put up impressive numbers. He can surprise you and win certain games. But when the chips are down, I don't know if I want him under center. As There's like five or six other guys I would think I would want more. So my bottom three teams are Raiders at seven, Chiefs at six, and Steelers at five. Right. Um 
you had the Raiders at six. You had the Steelers at seven. We already know you have the Chiefs all the way up at one. Yeah. At fourth place. And this was kind of tricky for me, but I I finally went ahead and put the Bengals at fourth place. And it's largely because I have questions about their defense. But that offense is incredible. And I have so much respect for Joe Burrow now that I did not have prior to this season. I, I think the Bengals are. The Bengals and the Eagles are the two teams that I was the most wrong about coming into this season. I had both ranked really low. I thought they would probably be picking in the top five in the draft, and they both made the playoffs. So um, massive kudos to them. The Cincinnati offense has just been terrific, and I think that there is a darn good argument for Joe Burrow MVP. I don't think he's going to get the votes at all but I think that he should be in that conversation, and it's strange to me that he's not. I think he deserves a little bit more consideration. I, I had the Bengals at five uh, is where I had them. Okay. And mostly because, again, similar to Philadelphia, I don't think they have enough experience yet to go yeah. on that long playoff run. I, I mean, That's they're fair. dangerous. They can beat anybody, but I, I think they're like a year away from going from like five to two. You know, they, they feel a lot to me like like the Browns role in the playoffs last year. Mm -hmm. You know, they they got in on the back of a pretty impressive season and then played well, but ultimately were not an experienced enough team and got bitten by a more uh, experienced team in the playoffs. Uh, I, I would not be surprised if a similar fate awaits the Bengals this year. Agreed. Agreed. Who did you have at fourth? New England. New England at four. I, I debated a lot about where to put New England, and maybe I ended up putting them in the wrong spot. Um, I'll hear your argument for them at fourth, uh, and I think that uh, Mac Jones might be one of the things that is holding this team back a bit. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised if that's why you put them there. That That is the biggest reason why I put them there. Look, it is hard to go against Bill Belichick. I couldn't imagine a Bill Belichick team being seventh on this list. Not, not easily anyway. Uh, this, this team has solid defense. They are capable of moving the football on the ground pretty well, but you know, the rookie quarterback, it, it's a handicap and it's a bigger handicap in the playoffs when the opposition is that much better I think they're a good team. I don't think they're an elite team. That's why I put them right in the middle at four. So at number three, I had the Bills. And the 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 Bills to me are one of the most flawed teams in the playoffs because what they do well is everything. Mm -hmm. And what they do really poorly is be themselves. <laughs> and they fall apart at the drop of a hat. Uh, this team outscored on offense and defense everybody else in the league, and it wasn't close all year long. And then they had a terrible record compared to that production. And it's because they would have all these games where they would just fall apart and get blown out by the Dolphins, blown out by team after team. And it, it was negating all of the blowing out they were doing of other teams. So to me, uh, my take on that is that this team can show up 
and easily handle any team in the NFL, but they can't do it consistently. And what you need in the playoffs is to win, you know, three or four games in a row against good competition yeah, against good competition. And I don't think the bills are capable of that. I think that they are going to win their first one or two playoff games by a wide margin, 20 points, maybe. Right. And then get absolutely handled by just whoever happens to play them next, regardless of matchup. I think that similar to what you've seen from some Packer teams in the last couple of years, the team that is the most capable of beating the bills is the the bills. Bills. (laughs) So so I had to put them down at third. Uh, Where did you have them? I had them at number two. I just think the talent level, as you described is so very high. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of their quarterback. Uh, defense has a lot of talent. You're right about the consistency. And I'm going to, I'm going to put this out there. I was going to save it for the end of the rankings, but I will say this. I think the top five teams in the NFC are probably better than anybody in the AFC this year. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point, which if you had to put, take one NFC team that you don't think could win the AFC who would you bet your life on? The Eagles right now, probably. I don't think the Eagles are most likely to get blown out in the AFC. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I again, I just don't think they're ready. I, I just don't think they're ready for. I, I, I couldn't imagine them beating New England or Buffalo or or Tennessee, uh, or Kansas City for that matter. At this point, I mean, I could see it happening, but I would say the odds are much less than fifty fifty. Uh, not that they'd be out of the game, but they're they're just a year or two away from being a real contender in my mind. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you have the Bills at second. That, yeah. to me, says that you have the Titans down in third place, right? Correct. And they are my number one AFC team, and part of that had to do with uh, the fact that I think they are the best AFC team. But also I was trying to structure this list um, in terms of how they match up against the Packers. And I just think that the Titans do play really physical football. It all starts up front. Their D-line and their O-line have been playing quite well this year. Absolutely. There's obviously a lot of familiarity between the Tennessee and Green Bay staff. Uh, We have even um, burglarized each other's rosters to an extent. (laughs) And I think that there's nothing the Titans don't do well. I think they're a very well-rounded team. Even when they were missing a bunch of their star players, you know, and they've been missing Derrick Henry for a long time, even though he's going to be back now, that kind of just hasn't really stopped the train from rolling. I think that the Titans have the experience and the gravitas needed to make it through the playoffs. Uh, We've seen them take their lumps the last couple of, of seasons uh, going back to um, Tom Brady's final game with the Patriots being at the hands of the Titans. I think that was kind of the beginning of something. And, and we've seen them uh, learn from their mistakes and uh, address a lot of their weaknesses. And I think you just look at the veteran leadership across that whole roster at all the different positions you got, guys who are really stepping up and paving the way. And you got young guys who are contributing, but it reminds me a lot of the Packers. It really does. And I have so much respect for 
Mike Vrabel. I think uh, Ryan Tannehill is not only playing really good football, um, he's also uh, he's got that leadership quality that I think he can guide his team through the depths of the AFC. And you also have that playoff buy like the Packers get. It's another chance for them to continue to get mm-hmm. healthier, have everybody playing um, their best football, get Derrick Henry really back in there. And, and the number one thing is there's only one defensive line that I see in the AFC that I think is really built to stop Derrick Henry, and that is New England. Um, the If the Patriots are in the road for the Titans, that's the one team that I can see really slowing down Derrick Henry and making that a more one-dimensional offense. I think everybody else is really going to struggle with him. I, I The question for me about Derrick Henry, yeah, he'll be back, but how will he be ready to be Derrick Henry, the way, you know, where he's going to carry the ball 20, 25 times and, and be the, the bell cow back for them. The thing about Ryan Tannehill, I like his leadership. I think he's a very good quarterback overall, but 14 interceptions this year, a little bit high for my taste. And I, I just, I'm not as sold on Ryan Tannehill as the guy who's going to win for you. That defense has to win. Ryan Tannehill, to me, he's better than Trent Dilfer, but he's sort of like the the ultimate game manager as quarterback, where you know he's gonna he's good enough to win with, but he's not gonna be the reason you win more often than not. Uh, and and I just get the feeling that he is susceptible to making a mistake at the wrong time. I love Rabel, okay. and I think that the Titans' defense is that good. And because the AFC is weak, I think the Titans may very well emerge from it, but I am not sold on them as being uh, – like in the in the NFC, I think they'd be like six, seven. Yeah, okay. All right, that's, that's fair. Uh, all right, before we wrap up here, uh, I do want to go through and make our picks for – the uh, playoff games this weekend. Um, However, we had a listener question last week that I really wanted to get to. We kind of ran out of time, but uh, let's let's take that on today. So this is from Nick on Twitter. And he asked, uh, he asked some questions about Tampa that mostly boil down to who do you think is the best um, matchup to play Tampa and take them out of the playoffs before they make it to the Packers. And so the nice thing about them being the number two seed is that the soonest we could play them is the NFC championship game. They have to beat at, uh, two different teams before they could possibly play the Packers. Yeah. So it starts off uh, this wildcard weekend. They're going to host the Philadelphia Eagles. After that, is anybody's mm-hmm. guess who they're going to play? How do you think they match up against the Eagles? Do you think uh, the Eagles have what it takes? I know you don't believe in the Eagles to go all the way, but do you think that they have what it takes to match up well against the Buccaneers? Keep in mind that the Buccaneers and Eagles did already play once this year. Final score of that game, this was October 14th. Buccaneers 28, Eagles 22. Very close game. Was a close game. 
And I do think that the Eagles are capable of beating the Buccaneers. Uh, I don't think it's likely. Uh, it would take a big game. To me, the, the way that the Eagles win, number one, they can't turn the ball over. And number two, Jalen Hurts has to run the football and, and pick up first downs with his legs almost as often as he does with his arm. And that would frustrate that Tampa Bay defense and give them a chance. And then I think the Eagles defense has to play very well, which they're capable of doing. Uh, so, you know, if I had to pick a winner, I'm picking Tampa Bay at home over Philly, but Philly has nothing to lose. And I think they'll give Tampa Bay, I, I don't think this will be a blowout. I think it'll be a good game. Okay. So you're picking the Buccaneers to win that game. I'm also picking the Buccaneers to win that game. Uh, the only team that the Buccaneers cannot play in the divisional round is the, the six seeded 49ers, because if they are still alive and the Buccaneers are alive, that means that uh, the Packers are going to be playing the 49ers. Right, so, right. Uh, you can't answer the 49ers, but any other NFC team, who do you think has the best chance of knocking the Buccaneers off? So your your options are uh, Dallas, uh, Los Angeles Rams, Cardinals. I think that's it. Just those three teams. Out of those three teams, oh boy, uh, I think the Rams. I my answer. I, I think the Rams would be my answer out of those three teams. I know you're going to say Dallas, but I, I'm going to say the Rams. No, I'm actually taking the Rams as well. Part oh, of that okay. has to do with the fact that the Rams already beat. Um, the Buccaneers this year. And I, I do think that, um, you know, the Buccaneers, like I said, I, I feel like they're vulnerable across the board, especially on offense, but they also lost Richard Sherman this past week. Mm -hmm. Their secondary is a problem. And the, the best thing that the Rams do right now is uh, throw deep. And the Buccaneers, I think are really vulnerable to that. One of the reasons why I think that there may be a poor match for the Eagles as well, but I, I do still have the veteran leadership that the Buccaneers have prevailing over uh, over the Eagles in the wild card round. But I, I, I also agree that I think if it's not the 49ers uh, who they can't play, uh, I, I think that the Rams have uh, the best odds of the teams that, that they do play. Yep. So let's go through the rest of the wild card weekend and make our picks. Uh, so the first game of the playoffs. Number five seed Raiders against four, number four seed Bengals. Who wins that game? Going to be a close one. Uh, I'll take Cincinnati at home, but only because they're at home. I'll take Cincinnati at home because I think that they excel at things, uh, whereas I think the Raiders are just competent at everything. And I think that the, the Bengals having clearly defined strengths uh, are going to have a, uh, an, a an easier time than than I, I think some other teams have had against the Raiders. That passing attack uh, that the Bengals have, I just don't know that the Raiders have any answer to it. Um, mm -hmm. They do a pretty good job stopping the run, but that's just not what the Bengals lean on. And I don't think that uh, the Raiders pass rush is going to be super effective against the Bengals because their offensive line, particularly at the tackles, uh, really have what it takes to uh, maybe dull the teeth 
of uh, Max Crosby and, and the, the Raiders pass rush. So I am also taking the Bengals maybe by a little bit wider margin than you are. Um, but but I agree with your outcome. The next game is a, a divisional rematch. These two teams split in the regular season. That would be Patriots at Bills. Uh, so this one is at home for the Bills. Who wins this one? And how do you see it going? Oh, boy, this is this is a tough one. I, you know what? I know who I'm rooting for. I find it difficult to pick against Bill Belichick in a close playoff game. I, I have to say the Patriots. Yeah, it's an interesting one for sure. I think I'm going to go with the Bills because I just think if your game plan breaks down, Josh Allen is capable of improvising on the fly and making stuff happen. And Mac Jones, I really don't think is, I think he's a guy who distributes the ball well Mm -hmm. and can run a plan really well. And that's just not how playoff football goes. Playoff football is not everything going according to plan. It is facing talented, desperate teams who know that if they don't give it their all, they're going home. I just think you have too many young players in general with the Patriots and especially under center. I don't think uh, Mac Jones can bail you out when, when the going gets rough. So um, if the Patriots are able to establish a dominant lead early on, I think they can maintain it. But if it stays close, I just don't see them being able to make the same kinds of adjustments that the bills can and, and switch the style of play of football on the fly. No, well, that's fair. I think this is going to be one of the better games of the weekend. I'm really excited for it. That's going to be the eight 15 game on Saturday. That'll be a fun one. And then the Sunday morning, of course we got Eagles Buccaneers. We both made our picks for that. We said Buccaneers, both of us. Um, I think it'll be close. Do you think it'll be close? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, at the end of the day, I think the Bucks win by around 10 points, but it's probably three points until the final two minutes or so. That makes sense. And then immediately following that game up, we have uh, the number six seeded 49ers at Dallas. Who wins that game? Uh, the 1990s throwback game. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, so, somewhere out there, Pat and uh, Pat Sumrall and John Madden are smiling at this matchup, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I am going to go with Dallas winning at home. Barely. I, I think that the Cowboys, uh, they will be able to run the ball just enough to get the job done. And I think again, experience matters. I'm going with the better quarterback in Prescott over Garoppolo. And again, close game, but but I just I, I like uh Dallas by a hair. Here's the one thing I'll say for this. I think if the 49ers fall behind, they are very capable of coming back. I don't know that the Cowboys can play from behind very well. I think the Cowboys will have to win early uh, in order to win this one. <clears throat> the 49ers, I think, will be in it for all four quarters. Cowboys, to me, this, there are some similarities to a bunch of other Mike McCarthy teams that are uh, really high-powered and high-talent. 
but there's, they are very much emotionally driven. And I think you can take the wind out of their sails. And uh, so to me, that'll be a thing to watch early on. I think maybe uh, at some point in the fourth, in the first quarter, you'll have an idea of how this game is going to go down at the end. I'm going to pick Dallas to win it uh, with that caveat that if the first quarter goes really poorly for them and they fall behind, I don't know that they can catch back up. I, I think that's a fair point. So then we have uh, the Sunday night game, Steelers at Chiefs. Uh, no need to ask you what you think about that. We already heard. <laughs> and, uh, and I knew you'd be laughing at this point. I'm also picking the Chiefs to win, but um, I'm not impressed with the Chiefs. And I think that uh, although I'm picking them to win the wild card, I don't think they're going to win their divisional matchup. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, I don't think anyone in the AFC is head and shoulders better than, you know, the field where you, you just sit there and say, oh, yeah, that's the dominant team. I don't think there is a dominant team. I don't know if there's a dominant team, quite honestly, in either conference at this point. I, I think that's correct, but for different reasons. I think that the uh, all the AFC teams are, you know, uh, on the mediocre end, where I right. think for the for the most part, all the NFC teams are actually uh, pretty well rounded and uh, really talented. The final game on Monday night, we got Cardinals at Rams. Uh, I believe they also split in the regular season. Uh, what's your prediction here? Uh, the Cardinals are slumping. Uh, if this game was being played in October, I would pick them without hesitation. The fact that it's being played in January, I cannot pick them right now. They just seem to have lost that mojo that they had earlier in the season. I'm going with the Rams. I'm also going with the Rams. Um, but I'm also going to throw in there that I think this is going to be the most fun playoff game of the whole weekend. I, I really hate the NFC West, but I really love watching them play each other. Mm -hmm. uh, very talented teams. <clears throat> I think the one thing you can say about any NFC West matchup is no matter how far one team falls behind, it's still going to be a close game yep. down at the wire. Um, all of these, all four of those teams really have, the ability to come back and uh, really play a tough right at the end. I think this is going to be a, a super fun game. And honestly, it's, it's a fun playoff uh, matchup. One of the things that I was uh, pleased about is that you had a, you had a lot of teams all in the playoffs here who just played each other last week. And I'm glad we don't have all these rematches because you really could have easily had uh, Cowboys, Cardinals, uh, Niners, Rams, right. uh, you know, just replay all these games we just saw. And, and I, I think that that is um, not the best football. So I like these matchups. And I think that some of these matchups, like I said, are really advantageous for the Packers. Last thing before we close out, tell me which player that, that the Packers are getting back this week. Are you the most excited to see return uh, and you can't pick Bakhtiari because he's, he's already been back. For right. Game. So no Bakhtiari, no Myers. I, you know what? I, I, I like a lot of these guys coming back. I'm very happy about, uh, I, I'm happy about merciless being possibly coming back uh -huh. to me. That it adds another dimension to the defense and a lot of depth, but I have to go with Jair if I, if I had to pick one player. 
Jair is, is a good pick. I had uh, some debates with people on Twitter today. I'm actually going with Merciless. I think that uh, he was so transformative for this defense. And you look at the stretch where they were just completely dominant, the best defense in the NFL for a while there. Uh, the second he was gone, that kind of really fell apart. And I think, you know, not to take anything away from the fantastic years that Preston and Rashawn have had, but you look at the depth behind them in Garvin and uh, Tipa, and it's, it's just, it doesn't, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, Merciless brought a few things to this defense. Number one, some quality veteran leadership. I think the guys really looked up to him and respected him. He also was very disciplined. Um, he was kind of, he kind of filled some similar roles to Devondre Campbell in that he was just always in the right place at the right time, preventing a lot of these broken plays yep. that offenses have lived off of recently. And that really allowed guys like Rashawn and Preston to get home and make their plays. And I think that since he's been gone, um, you know, everybody else around him has not um, changed the way they've been playing, which is, uh, you know, which is good, which is what you want. But the um, the guys replacing Merciless just have not had that same level of discipline, uh, you know, uh, uh, gap discipline and, and just be in the right place to stop the quarterback or the running back from getting out and making extending a play, finding a hole. And it has been to the detriment overall of the offense or of the defense to where I think for a lot of weeks, they've been playing very poor football and keeping teams in games a long time after the offense would have liked to put them away. So uh, yeah, uh, he's my pick he, for sure. He's he's a good pick, and to me, you know, he adds an extra amount of depth to the pass rush, as does Zadarius. But to me, his ability to stay in his lane and contain mm-hmm. against the run is is an overlooked thing that I think, and you touched on it. I, I think that's going to make a big difference. You know, Preston Smith, we have seen too often him get uh, swallowed up and miss his contain, and and, and Rashawn as well. And, and Rashawn as well, not as often as Preston, but as well. And then obviously, you know, the depth guys, it's been a real issue for them, for, for your Garvins uh, and, and, and Tippa. But to me, Merciless on run plays, on rundowns, will add something big to this defense that I really, really like that I think is often overlooked. So, you know, Merciless, I mentioned him at first and uh, – you know, I, I I put Jair slightly ahead of him, but I, I am very excited about Merciless coming back. All right. I like it. Well, that does it for today, folks. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at JJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or to ask us questions. You can also email us at AskMoHuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show. And thank you for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. Dot com.